<laughs> yeah, it's the brioche, bro. It's the, it's the brioche, bro. bro. The bun, that yeah. Ass. I don't have time to talk like this, bro. I feel my black car going to get revoked because I still haven't tried it. Damn. I, it's all right, bro. Well, your nearest Popeyes can't be too far. Like, you got time to redeem yourself. The nearest Popeyes. <laughs> you got to go, to, go to the nearest one. Yeah, bro. This is just building a character, bro. Respectfully. <laughs> yo, that's the thing to say, yo. I, oh, we was watching some movie. Somebody said something hot and was like, respectfully. Like, you would just say some off the wall, <laughs> just add respectfully. Yeah. Exactly. Yo, LeBron, you're really not that good, bro. Respectfully, you're really not that good. Exactly. Like, LeBron wouldn't win a ring without me. Respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. That's that. Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Ma. We are here today. Very special guest. Uh, very well known through the Jersey parts. Obviously in the South too. My man was down in VA, that whole area. We got with us today Greg's brother, my homie Ruben. Big Rube since Mir is in the building. How you doing today, man? Uh, <laughs> I'm chilling, bro. How you doing? Chilling, bro. Like you straight over here. You? Uh yeah. I'm good. No complaints over here. Miss Hey, G Baby, hot takes. How you feeling? I'm good, bro. Was, you know, I got the show today. You know, it was a nice Saturday. And now we get to interview uh Ruben about his basketball experiences and, you know, get some get some takes from him, too, because you got some takes, too. Damn, I do got takes, bro. You know how I I'm get just that. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to have to – I'm going to have to ask. So, Greg's hot take. Do you be in grits with Greg or you be like, yo, bro, you you bro. on this one? Ah, right, bro. It depends on which ones we, we talking about because he has several hot takes. We don't call <laughs> this nigga hot take Greg for no reason. Like, bro, like, which one we talking about, bro? <laughs> Ah, uh, let's go with the Kyrie's most skilled player ever. All right. Now, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I am a fan of that one. I am going to agree with that one. Like, I think what you said, you said Kobe, right? Kobe yeah. is like, Kobe is definitely like him and Kyrie. I think Kyrie has every ability on the court. Like, there's not one thing he cannot do. At his size, too, he can put his back to, his back to the basket and post you up, fade away threes, fade away um, middies and all that. Like, bruh. His footwork is impeccable, I might say. See, that's the thing. It's like, can you can you really be better than your teacher? Yeah. I, feel yeah, I, I didn't directly get taught by Kobe, too, for whatever that's worth. I don't I mean, he watched a ton of Kobe film. He stole a lot of his bro. stuff. But I, I, I don't know, bro. I just think it's six foot to six six feet to dominate the way you do. You saw him on Christmas yeah, Day? Bro. Yeah, bro. Yo, it was every way possible, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, was every bro. kind of shot. Every wow, kind of shot, was- bro. Against the, against the Celtics, it was incredible. He was wild. I don't I don't burn sage. I don't believe in none of that stuff. <laughs> but burn as much as you need to, Kyrie. If you balling like that, I'm burn some sage, burn some cinnamon. <laughs> you yeah, can burn some bro. cilantro. Whatever you need to burn. Cilantro, bro. Cilantro. Hey, yo. yo. I'll tell you this much. They really look. If I'm in the East, I'm not sleeping. No. If I gotta play Brooklyn the next night, I'm not. I'm not sleeping. And KD just chose to go off in the third quarter just cause. We was. Yeah, I texted bro. you in the group chat. I said, "Yo, six shots is not enough." 
he comes out basically the next six shots straight in the second in the in the second half, the beginning of the second half. It was easy too, like bro. It was calm buckets. He wasn't even trying. It wasn't like, even bro. that much effort expended. It was just him killing them. Just killing best them. offensive player in the NBA right now. Yeah. I this might be a hot take. I KD. think he's the best scorer of all time, KD. That's a hot take. So I, I think so. That's a hot take. So take it. I like it. I don't think it's a hot take. That's yo. It, who wouldn't agree? If you know basketball, bro, you gotta agree with that. Who are you gonna uh, say bro. over him? Bro, if you're gonna say Kobe, you're wrong. Not everybody knows basketball. Agree with that. You know they gonna say something. Yeah, some like, people might nah, say bro. Somebody, somebody might say George Gervin. They didn't. <laughs> they ain't never watched a George Gervin <laughs> tape in their life, bro. I saw someone comment, uh, Pistol Pete is the most skilled player in the NBA. Yeah. I almost, I almost threw my phone across my room, bro. Like, whoever <laughs> said that smoking, too, they smoking that pack. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> they were howling. Yo, <laughs> the, respo- the responses, the responses we get. Shout out to all of our first time listeners. Shout out to our listeners that's been from day one. But the support we get with some of these answers be it'd be interesting. <laughs> I want I want y'all to keep sharing your thoughts. So when y'all listen to this, don't take offense. You know, you entitled to your opinion. It's an interesting opinion, but you entitled to it. But starting with you, right? So where did your love for basketball start? Like, what's your origin story? When did you start balling? All right. So to be honest, all right. So when I was younger. Like, growing up, I'd say, like, first through third grade, I was kind of just messing around with basketball, but it wasn't serious at all. i go to YMCA, you know, playing a YMCA team. I wasn't good at all. Tricking layups, fast break. Like, bro, my brother would be in the crowd cheering, like, yeah, fast break, layup, break. Like, it was bad. Then middle school came. I made a team. So I started taking it a little more serious then. Like, sixth, seventh grade, I was like, right, I kind of want to play for real now. I still wasn't that good yet, though, but, you know, just say I had fun doing it. And then high school is when it really came out. Like, yeah, that's why I really want to, like, you know, make a push to be great. That's what I'm trying to do. So. How much did having your brothers affect your play? Like, did y'all have a lot of battles? And since we have, you know, one of your brothers on here, who's the best out of all of y'all? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yo, I mean that respectfully, though. <laughs> like respectfully, like like you said, like you like you said, respectfully, like you know what I'm saying. I can't, I can't. You can say something crazy and say respectfully is not gonna be crazy no more. Yeah, <laughs> but that's not even that's not even crazy. It's, it's no disrespect to Greg. You know what I'm saying? He on this. I got much love for my boy, but you know it's just it's me. How much did <laughs> how much did they help like um, mold and shape your game though? Having to play against them growing up. Ah. Uh, a ton because they would beat me every time we played you know like every time we played it was it was tough like Kenny like the way he plays he plays with more just like speed going to the basket kind of just finishing mid-range jump shots all that stuff and he just beat me he was bigger than me so he just taking me out every single time but Greg was just more bruh he's more like methodical by the way he goes about things so he hit me with some crossovers floaters like he just like nitpick at you the whole game with, like, little things. And it's just, like, annoying because you can't even guard it. To this day, I can't really guard it like that. But, you know, I still get them back, though. So I just take – I took both of their uh, play styles and I just made them my own. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, you took from – you took the best from both of them and just combined it. Of course. That's how you make Reeves 1K. You know what I'm saying? You got you to get it from somewhere. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, walk us through, and you're right about not being able to guard that right now. But if he, if he, you know, with him saying he's the best, he's the best um, brother out of all of us. He's he's right. Like I, I don't disagree with that. By the way, I think he is because of his athleticism. They skip they skip the generation. Um, <laughs> so. Walk us through your high school uh, basketball career. I mean, and, and you know, not the entire thing. So let's talk. Let's talk about Columbia, right? Um, obviously, I know it. So uh, let's, let's break it down. Um, Columbia High School. You go there. You want to play basketball. You want to take it seriously. Um, what happens when you get there? And you know, what's that story like there? Uh, so Columbia. Oh, that's a story in its own. So, all right, freshman year, right? We train. That's like around progress first training time. I don't know if you remember that, Antonio. Like when we first started mm-hmm. progress first training, we was training that whole summer for me to make the teams and whatnot. So freshman year, I, uh, we had trials coming up, and you know, I tried out Columbia freshman team, I, not JV, not varsity, nothing like that. So I tried out, and I had a good trial too. Like I was making threes, like getting to the basket. I was even dancing in trials. Like, I was in the dab on, like, dabbing on niggas. Like, it was crazy. I had some confidence back and some confidence. But, like, bro, they they cut me, like, as soon as, like, the trial was over. Like, they called me in. And I was like, I'm thinking, I'm walking into the office, like, yeah, I'm about to make it. And the coach was like, nah, I'm sorry. You just didn't make it. And I was just like, damn, all right. Okay, so I walk home. I get to the crib. I tell my family, and they're like, nah, you're lying. You, you made the team. I'm lying. I'm like, nah, I ain't make it, bro. And then, like, the next day when I ain't go to practice, that's when they really thought, like, I mean, knew, like, all right, he ain't make the team for real. So I ain't play um AAU either because I got – um I tried out for KSK. I didn't make that either freshman year. Tried out for the firm. Didn't make that either freshman year. And then sophomore year comes. So my sophomore year at Columbia – comes and trials roll around again. Same same old story. Uh, I had a good tryout, played really well. To my to my standards, I, I played well to my standards and then got cut once again, but they brought me back. So they brought me back just to not play me. And then at that point, I was just like, all right, this is crazy. So I spoke to the, to the coach a little bit and, you know, he was just like, you got to do this, you got to do that. He was telling me a bunch of stuff that I thought I was already doing. So, you know, I stuck it out for a little bit, but at one point it was just so bad that I just kind of removed myself from the team at the whole, and then I had to transfer out. Yeah. That's oh, crazy. Yo, people, people see, people see the, the finished product, but they don't know the story. So that's why I wanted to ask you that question, right? Because I obviously, like I said, we know it, but, um, and I don't tell him ain't no bits and pieces. I mean, he doesn't know all of it, but um, talk to me about, what? Because obviously you made a jump, right? Your game got better from sophomore year to junior year, and you transferred middle year to sophomore Facts. year. Facts. So, right, there's a yeah. big jump there. Um, talk to me about first the jump you made, um, and then the transferring process, right? Like transferring and the decision making process. Like what led to you going to American Christian? By the okay. way, before you before you answer that, you played in the same yeah. conference I played in. I went to uh-huh. Abundant Life Academy. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So we had the same ties. When I saw that, I was like, "Yo, I wish I would." Obviously, you're young. I was like, "I wish that would have been some crazy competition if we was in that same league." But go ahead. A but nah. Touching up on that, abundant life was like our rivalry. Where every time we played them, it was loud. Like the gym was loud. It was jumping. It was fun every time, every single time. I I enjoyed it. But um, 
So when I made a jump in my game, right? So I say maybe around that sophomore year after I got cut from Columbia, I just started working out a lot more. I started, I was like, okay, I must be doing something wrong. Like I, I that's what I was thinking in my head. Whether I was doing something wrong or not, that's what I was thinking. So I'm like, okay, I gotta work out. So Greg and I started working out more progress first training. And I think you were going along in the sessions too at the time. We was working out almost every day a week. And, you know, whenever you could come around, you was always there. You know, we were shooting, doing all that competitive. And um, coming around June, I noticed my game was getting a little better. So I was like, this making better reads, doing some of the things that you can't even teach, just like IQ. My IQ of the game was getting a little better. I was watching more basketball, surrounding myself around more basketball. And um, so then Coach Ty, I died. Um, he coached ACS at the time. And um, I saw that my boy was going there. And he, um, I just reached out to Tyler, to Ty, and I was like, yo, can I, um, is there a way I can come to your school? And he was like, yeah, I'd love to have you. I just seen some of your highlights that you posted on PFT. Uh, let's get you on a visit. So my family and I go on a visit to ACS, and we worked out. He liked what he saw. And then from there, we just made it happen right away. It was a really quick process. And then the next year, I was out of Columbia, and I reclassed that year. So I was a sophomore again at ACS, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so everything that you mentioned right so far, what kept you going? What had you continue to work out? Because up to that point, cut twice, give the runaround. Oh, Coach is telling you one thing. Everybody sees that you should be playing. What kept you going? Because I kind of had to deal with the same thing in high school, and I tell you this much, I didn't have that same fortitude. And shout out to Greg and your family for being around you but I didn't have that same fortitude. That happened to me my senior year, and I kind of just was like, for the politics of it, I was like, I, I kind of lost the love for a little bit for the sport. What kept you going? Uh, definitely, but I can make you lose the love. I, there was, you know, there's so many times I thought to myself, just like, bro, this is crazy. Like, this is not even fun to me anymore. I don't know what the point. I get down on myself, but, you know, I keep going because at the end of the day, this is what I want to do in my life, right? So, I just had to tell myself, like, this is what I want to do. And no matter what adversity comes your way, you can't, you can't stop. Like, they say Jordan got cut his freshman year. Okay. We hear getting cut two years in a row is just, it does something to you, especially when it's not even like, it's from the freshman basketball team, not even varsity. We getting cut from freshmen. It's like the JV team back to back years. So you're just like, damn, all right, but we're going to keep working because at some point we got to make a break. We got to make, we got to push through figure something out because it's going to get better at some point. I don't know. I'm that's look, that's that, that story is going to be good for people to hear because like I said, people see the finished product. They don't see, they don't know the behind the scenes of what actually happened. So um, talk to me a little bit about the athletic jump you made because people think that that's like God given and I'm not, it is, it is to an extent, to an extent to all the listeners, but what did you do to make sure that you, um, we're able to be more explosive out there on the court because things definitely changed from sophomore to junior year. Yeah, tell the people yeah. because they might they might not know. I might have to, you know, in between right here when you start talking, I might need some of your clips so I could put it in here and I can edit it so people can see the athleticism we talking about because it's something different. It really, it really is it's it's something different. It's very John Moran esque <laughs> for real, for real. But go ahead. Okay, okay. So, like, um, sophomore year. All right. So, I was dunking since I was a freshman in high school, right? But it was never, like, anything, like, 
it was regular rim grazing dunk. And it wasn't something I was going to do in the game. It was just something I was able to do. So sophomore year at Columbia came and we're working out to go to ACS. So my junior year, but it was really my sophomore year, you know what I'm saying? Because I reclassed. So that year, I remember, so after I got cut, I told you guys I would take it more serious, like just basketball. I was already taking it serious as it was, but I was like, I'm going to try to find different ways to improve my game. It has to be something else I can do. Because, you know, everybody watches balls, like they see people dunking on people. They all want to do it, but then they're like, they don't want to put in the work to kind of do it. So everybody thinks it's God-given. It kind of is. But at the same time, I was going to the gym. I was outside in the cold, like doing plyometrics. And my dad and my mom would look at me while they cooking. They'd be in the kitchen looking at me like, what is she doing right now? Like, why is he doing that? Like, get in the house, trying to eat. Like, nah, I was out there just doing that, coming inside every single day. Five days a week, I'd rest on Saturday, Sunday, go back on Monday, Monday through Friday, right? And then by the time the summer came, like, I just noticed I was, my head was almost in the room. And I was like, okay, I can work with this now. Like, that's, let's make it happen. Come on. So you said Monday through Friday. What did Monday through Friday look like for you? So on Monday, you mentioned you did plyometrics. So for the people that are listening to this, let's say the younger players or even some of the players your age that want to get that explosiveness, could you share what a a Monday workout looked like for Ruben? Okay, so Monday, a Monday workout. Um, All right, so let's say I'll give you two by day. All right, so by day, I, I go to school. I come back home from school maybe take a 30-minute nap because i just be tired from school. 30-minute nap, wake up, I get outside, go do plyometrics in my backyard just for maybe 30, 45 minutes. Whether it was, like, warm or cold, I really didn't care. I just wanted to jump a little higher, run a little faster, all that. So I do that, and then – Well, hold on. Before you, inside, keep going, before you keep going, well, I want to cut you yeah. off, but, like, what what exactly were the, were the exercises so that way people know? Oh, did. Okay, so simple things. They think that people don't even really expect, like explosive squat jumps, depth jumps. Um, if you guys don't know what that is, it's like a depth jump. You take a little chair, drop off it, and jump into the air as high as you can. It's that simple. And as fast as you can, repeatedly, um, 180 jumps. So jumping, like, and turning your body in midair and, like, doing it over and over and over again. Uh Lateral bound, so jumping from one leg to the other leg side to side repeatedly as fast as you can. Those are the ones that, like, those are the main ones, to be honest. You do those, you can be straight. Like, people be thinking calf raises is, like, it's going to make you jump. Nah, bro. Maybe if you want some nice-looking calves, cool, but nah, that's not really what it's going to do. You got to do something else. Like, plyometrics. I was scared of the weight room. (laughs) I was scared of the weight room. I didn't want to do squats. I didn't want to break my back. Pause. Like, I I didn't want to do that. So I was, I had them want to spot me and I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, I ain't going to do that. So um, I did apply metrics for that whole year. I ain't touch a weight until after my senior year, to be honest. Yeah. And then, for everybody yeah. listening, that's crazy. That Look, I know, I know it's quarantine going on, but with quarantine going on, you can do plyometrics. And if y'all see this man's bounce, plyometrics, Try try it out. He said he was doing it five days a week for what, like a, a a school year, and then you see in the summertime it was the bounce was crazy. Yeah, not to be honest, not even a whole school year, bro. Like it was only from I'd say when I got cut, it was maybe Thanksgiving time, so December first to like 
April, May ish. And that was really it. Once it got to a certain height, I was just like, all right, I'm cool. Yep. That speaks to consistency and just keeping it going. So you're at ACS now. Um, I want to run off these first couple of games and tell me what was your mindset going through this process. You start off, season started December 4th, 2018, right? I'm going to go down this this stat line because I was seeing it from afar. I'm like, yo, this is these some crazy numbers. Uh, 33 points, six rebounds, four assists. Next game, 37 points, four rebounds, two assists, two blocks, six steals. The next game, 37 points, four <laughs> rebounds, five assists, one block, two steals. And just to throw this one out there, 51 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, four steals. What was your mindset starting off in that season, averaging dang near what Damian Lillard and Melo in his heyday was averaging, a Kobe? That was kind of like a Kobe-esque run when he had the eight-plus games, a 40-plus point, a 51-point, 10 rebounds. What was going through your head? Were you just trying to let everybody uh, know, hey, I'm on the scene. Hey, I've been waiting two years to get – like, what was going through your head? Bro, I <laughs> – <laughs> I can't you know when you playing basketball you just got music in your head and like you just you listen to music in your head while you playing you in your own group yeah that was kind of what's going on there and like to be honest the season starts I'm like bro I done been counted out so many times bro it's time for me to turn up for real so I, anytime I get the ball I'm going to be looking to score it doesn't mean I'm going to take every shot I get that's not what that means at all you know I try to be a team player by all means I think a lot of people agree, agree that I'm a team player I, I pass the ball a lot but every time I touched the ball, I was looking at the basket and seeing if there was an opportunity for me to score. So I was going to go get a bucket, whether it's at the rim or three, get into the line, a floater, a dunk, no matter what it was, I was going to score. And I was going to make sure they felt me. And if, if they were, the team was losing by by 30, I didn't care. I'm going to make y'all lose by 50. I'm just going to keep putting my, my foot on your neck because, bro, I've been counting out too many times. I can't do that. I have to, I have to, like, that's why I have to prove a point now because people don't, they already don't believe in me, right? You know what I'm saying? They already cut me two times. More than two times. We count AAU, I got cut like five, six times in those two years alone. So I got cut that many times. Okay. Cut this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, for real. That was, yeah, looking at the season, looking at those numbers, y'all could go Google it. The numbers that season, absolutely crazy like throughout the whole season 28 points 25 37 is a lot of buckets given out to a lot of people's favorite players in high school uh as that what's that shirt i give buckets to your boyfriend uh you did that to a couple of uh <laughs> oh yeah I a couple of people did. for sure for sure Hey, yes. i want to ask you greg how was this seeing your brother finally with this opportunity to ball and he's performing at the like the a very high clip how was that seeing this all the work that y'all put in coming to fruition and he looking dang near unstoppable it was it was a lot of fun like it, it was a lot of fun for, for me personally and and I speak to my dad and my, my brother Kenny it was it was a lot of fun watching watching that because the summer you could kind of tell like I said like and like he said um you could see like the work was paying off he was more athletic he was faster 
that's when it started to turn. Like it was like, all right, well, it's no more pushing him around anymore. He's he's probably gonna pass me in terms of just being a better basketball player because of just the and the, the athleticism was different and also like the skill because it's an I, I his IQ was always high. So like he didn't make the wrong play, he made the right reads. He wasn't a selfish player. So like you see 51 points, you're thinking. He took 30 shots, took 40 shots. And, and I don't think it was that many shots. I think it was 20. It was a bunch of free throws, you know, getting to the line. Yeah. And it was a lot of other – he doesn't take a lot of shots. So he's not a high-volume shooter, but he just puts up crazy numbers. So, no, nah, man, it wasn't it wasn't surprising, but it was a lot of fun for me to watch, my family to watch, because I was genuinely happy for him because it was an opportunity he had that I never had, right? I didn't get to transfer out of Columbia High School, right? Like, I didn't get a do-over. He got the do-over. He made it count, and he worked his butt off for – to, you know, get every other opportunity that came after, including ACS. Yeah. To be, to be honest, like, ACS might not have even happened. Like, before ACS, ACS came really last minute, like, late August, we talking. Like, I was looking at going to Verona High School. I'm not even going to lie. That's what I was really going to do. I was just telling my dad, my dad and I were talking about it, and he was like, okay, well, if that's what you really want to do, maybe we'll make it happen. But ACS came out of nowhere, and I was just like, that's just God blessing me with that one because I needed somewhere to go. I needed it. All I need to do is get a chance to prove myself, and you know, it came. Yeah, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people could to speak to that. Greg alluded to that. Just the opportunity. A lot of people, real ballers, people just in life, be like, yo, I just need an opportunity, somebody to believe in me. So you got the opportunity, you showed out, transitioning. You played for the Unity Legends. We had Wellington on. How was that experience playing for the Unity Legends? Again, an opportunity where the coach believes in you, the coach actually wants you, and you just show out. How was that playing for Unity? It was new. It was really new. I had to adjust to it because thing, I never played AAU a day in my life until Unity, right? So that's junior year, sophomore year, I guess, because I reclassed. That sophomore year, that spring and summer, I had to adjust. His practices were so intense. I kid you not, like, we would run. There was one practice we were just running for it maybe four, five minutes straight, down and backs, down and backs, down and backs. And I'm sitting there looking at Wellington like, where's basketball? Like, what, what, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? And he just kept making us run. I'm like, okay. But not even just that. Like, playing basketball at the tournaments, game after game, game you're going to get tired and these get a little sore. You're like, all right, man, I don't even know how to do this. But it was fun, though, because he was a good coach. He was somebody that kind of let you play a game. He had a system, but he would let you play within the system, which is kind of cool. A lot of coaches kind of had restrict players to, you know, playing a certain way that doesn't allow them to be their best. But he saw a potential. He saw, like, he saw it in me, and he let me, you know, raise my game. Shout out to Wellington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The GOAT. For real. And there's Summit legend oh. right there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that <laughs> – that that team that team your first year was 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 so much fun to be around Eric Pete uh, Mike Farrell all those guys and hopefully I can have some of them on the, on the show too because um, you know they 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 all be great to talk to about their basketball experiences things like that but um you know you worked with Wellington you know you got to play all those years um, and play against better competition right and really yeah. and really raise your game in that in that regard right um, yeah. Playing on the AU circuit, how is it different than playing in high school, playing high school basketball for you? Right. Honestly, I just think that people on the AU circuit, they, they seem like they were just more like me, hungry. <laughs> I, I don't know how to even describe it, to be honest, because 
I was new to it all, and I was seeing them. I saw some players that were just – you see colleges watching you. Like, there's more colleges watching you. So now everybody has something to prove, right? Sometimes people just get out of control, start playing this crazy brand of basketball. Other times people just really step it up and they play good basketball. And you were always playing good basketball every single day. Some teams aren't that good, yeah, but for the most part, you're playing – a team that had a few dogs on them. You're going to see more dogs on the AAU circuit, for sure. Yeah, you were playing every high school team's best player, right? Every high school yeah. from, or or maybe the best player from, like, their town or from their state was on yeah. an individual team You every every single time. And, and I noticed because I was, you know, I was there at all these things, and I was a part of the Uni Legends and everything like that, right? So I got to see everything up close. Um, so I want to fast forward, right, through, you know, playing AAU with, with Unity, your senior years got out of here. You know, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do for school. What schools were looking at you? And how stressful was that process? Senior year, so, okay. Stressful. Yeah. It, it, it was pretty stressful because, I mean, you always want to find the right fit, right? You don't want to just go to any school where you're just not going to play. And people get really caught up in the Division One, Division Two, Division Three, JUCO. They get really caught up in the name of their school. So they don't want to do a certain thing because they feel like they're better but no it's just really about fit because wherever you go and you play somewhere where you're going to be able to play you're going to show out you'll see where it gets you to show out so I mean I had a bunch of D3s looking at me a few D2s I mean now I still have D2s and whatnot uh D3s though MSU uh SUNY Oneonta uh Colby College uh what else uh, Mennonite in Virginia. I don't know. It was just a couple. It was, there was a lot of them that I just really can't even remember. And D2s, you know, some like Catawba and uh, Penn State, but the D2 version, I don't even remember. It's it's at a different, uh, it's greater something. I just call it Penn State GA. And um, yeah, there's a few of those schools. But it's it was stressful just because you want to pick the right school. So when I ha- when I saw the, um, the prep opportunity come up, I was like, okay, maybe I can make something of this and get more offers. And that's where I'm at right now still. So we're still trying to count them up and rack them up the best we can. So you mentioned the prep school. Is that Virginia Prep Sports Academy? Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. So what is Virginia Prep Sports Academy for those who don't know? Uh, it's just a prep school out in Virginia. So it's located in Lynchburg. And you play a bunch of games. We've already played 23, 24, maybe 20, yeah, 24 games. And we're only halfway through the season. We're going to finish the season with maybe 40, 40 plus games. And, um, you know, it, they're a prep school that just plays strictly basketball. And, you know, you do your online classes and whatnot. And, yeah, just basketball every day. Every single day. So Even how has COVID. it been? How? How has it been being down there, um, you in Virginia, COVID's going on, your family is predominantly in New Jersey. Like, how has that been for you? Basically, you kind of doing your freshman year of college, and in a sense, you're not home, you're on campus in Virginia. How has that been for you? Yeah, um, it was definitely something to adjust to. Again, adjusting, it means everything. So I, I got there, and first day of practice, <laughs> you know, we wake up at, I don't know, like before five, so like 4.40, and we get up. And first day of practice, 
it was foggy. It's hell outside. We go outside. It's not even warm yet. And so we walk all the way to the park. We had to walk. This is part of the training. We walk all the way to the park. If you're not there by 5.15, I think, you're going to do a lot more running than what we were already going to do. I didn't think it was going to run. It was first practice. I'm like, all right. By walking there, it's going to be some you know, introduction to the coaches and whatnot. Nah. We get there, 20 laps right now. I'm like, okay, cool, 20 laps. Then he says, all right, don't touch a basketball. Defensive slides. I'm like, okay. Then he makes us run a whole trail. I'm like, okay. You know, it was a lot of that. And then more and more and more conditioning. There's a lot of running. So every single day, wake up at 4, 40. And then you have practice at 5, 30-ish, 6 o'clock. And after that, you go home, eat. Maybe you have two a day. So we have practice again later on in the day. Come home, eat again, go to sleep. <laughs> Not much, man. That's it. Sounds like the life. <laughs> nah. <laughs> so that's what I tell you. That's what I, um, you know, I'm asking for though, with what I'm trying to do. Gotta do it. Yeah. That's part. That's part of it to get to where you want to go. So, um, a lot of people. That's why I said it sounds like life. A lot of people want to play ball. They want to get paid for it. And hearing that for those that want to do this. It's days like that that's needed. Four forty, up in the Bruh. morning, five o'clock. It's not just hey, throw the balls out and play pickup. There's some conditioning in it, and I know a lot, nah. lot of basketball players. The one thing that they, if they could take something off the game, conditioning. If they ain't have to run forty laps and all that, it, I know a lot of basketball players that would take Bruh. that from the Antonio. game. Um, <laughs> you made a tweet. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to tell you, like, bro, we've run uh, 180 suicides in one practice one time. 180. Like, I never imagined I'd run 180 suicides within a span of, it was maybe an hour. It wasn't even, it wasn't even that much time. It might have been shorter than an hour. We ran 180 suicides. <laughs> like. What type of offense do y'all uh, run? 180 suicides. What type of offense are y'all running? So, this is, <laughs> this, this is a little crazy, right? We like to just get out and put the pressure on teams immediately. You full court press the whole time, the whole game. Doesn't matter if we're up 20, we're staying up. We're trying to get steals and score. We're trying to score triple digits every single game. You know what I'm saying? We like to move the ball fast every single time. We don't like, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we out. Doesn't matter. Shoot up quick shots, get out, play defense. As long as you're playing defense and you're moving fast and you're good. But like this time during the game, Second quarter come, you probably like, Coach, I need a water. He's like, nah, he's staying in. Staying. Like, you got to keep going. <laughs> it's crazy. It makes, it makes sense now, the 180 suicide. That's why I had to ask, what, what type of style are y'all running? So it, may, it makes sense. Yeah. You need y'all to be in shape uh, for the type of style you want to play. If y'all was, you know, playing maybe a Princeton offense, y'all could probably chill and not do as much running. And you're not playing full court the whole game. Yeah, that's another level of stamina needed. 180 yeah. suicides breaks down to three suicides per minute in an hour, by the way. Just so just so the listeners could do the quick math of how much running that actually is. Three suicides per minute. And if you think about it, like one suicide might have you breathing a little bit. Two suicides might have you breathing like, all right, all right I think the three in like one minute, it's just, it was constant. And you're doing defensive slides in there. I'm just like, this is crazy. He said, this is what the Lakers do. I'm like, okay. 
This is what the Lakers do. This is, this is what the Lakers do. So we we, we gonna do it. I can you promise like, you. <laughs> I can promise you, LeBron and AD are not running 180 suicides in a calendar hey. month. Yo, throw Jared <laughs> Dudley in there too. Jared Dudley ain't running no 180 suicides. Oh God, bro, <laughs> that joke was wicked. I'm not gonna lie to you. Crazy. Mm. Hey, but that's what for for all the listeners um, and some of the people that are older than rude, younger. That's what's needed. That you have to be in tip top shape, like all world type of shape to play. Yeah. You want to be in that type of shape to play at the fullest level of your potential. So mm-hmm. that's what's needed. Um, I want to talk about this tweet that you you put out because I agree with the tweet. Um, I think it's interesting, and I think it's something that definitely is kind of disappearing in the game. You said that mid range game is so underrated. Talk to yeah. me about that tweet. Uh, so you see, I got there and I I was immediately in a three point slump. Okay, so I just I wasn't knocking down three to save my life. And coming before the season at ACS, I I was I, I hit over fifty threes in the season, so I was still taking them. That's not fifty threes, not a lot of threes, but the kind of game that I play, it's not really predicated around shooting threes anyway. But I was able to knock down open three almost anytime I shot, I thought I was going in. Now it's different. My coach play style different. He wants me to play a little different. He wants me to, to attack, attack, attack. So I kind of shied away from taking threes. But my other coach was like, if you're not going to do that, let's get this mid-range game right. So we just shot a lot of mid-range jump shots. And it's it's effective, right, because it's a shot that's almost always open. Because no one's trying to – either either being pressed online, or being guarded up close, or they're falling back. So – Floaters and mid-range is just, like, something that nobody can really guard if you know how to get to your spot effectively, you know? That's why I tweeted that one. I was just like, okay, I'm seeing – I'm starting to see how effective it is. And I started watching more D'Angelo Russell. He is a – he's, like – he <laughs> – I don't even got to say it. Y'all already know. Like, he, he gets to his spots really easily. He makes it look effortless. Like, he's someone that makes a game really easy. He simplifies the game. And that's the name of the game, making it as easy as he can. You know, you don't want to make it hard, like over dribbling, trying to do all this extra stuff. Just take the easy shots that are there. So he's on the spot. He gets to it. He shoots it and goes in. He works on that all the time. You, you see it. Best midi, midi in the game is D'Lo and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, you flip a coin, but D'Lo gets I think D-Buck up there, too. D-Buck great, great at everything. D-Buck's a great player. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Hey, speaking of D'Lo, right, um, who are some other players that you, you try to model your game after that you, you watch a lot? To be honest, like, aside from my brothers, because that's was really where I kind of got my game from, right? But I, John Morant, you know, people like to joke and say I look like John Morant, but it, it's a joke. I, I, like, I like to model my game after him, bro. Like, everything he does, like his speed to how he jumps, even I, I'm not jumping like John Morant, I'm not going to say. But, you know, I try to dunk every now and then. Um, how he gets to his floaters, the way that he sets his teammates up, I really like, I take his passing away because that's how I like to pass the ball. I like to drive and kick, kind of like a like force defense, put him on their heels, and then I like to find the open man. So a good pass to me feels better than a bucket, especially when it's mm. an assist and it just goes in. You know what I'm saying? That, to me, that's me though. I like to pass the ball a lot, you know. But that's just, I, I like this game a lot. Him. Really just him. <laughs> like, I just modeled my game after him. You know, Kyra Lewis, he was in his dress. Huh? No, you're going to mention Kyra Lewis, another guy. I sent you oh, his yeah. stuff. 
I was gonna say you and John Morant side by side, bro. Like it, it's it's very similar, bro. Like it's very similar. Like you guys do play a lot alike. But go on, Kyra Lewis. Yeah, Kyra Lewis is another guy. Let's get downhill a lot. You know, I I love getting downhill because I'm just fast enough to put the defense on their heels. When I do that, I know other guys are open. I just kick out. Kyra Lewis, another guy that gets to the basket. He finishes really well around the basket. He kicks out to the open man. He makes all, all the right plays when he gets into the paint. Paint touches is a little, it means a lot in basketball because then the defense collapses. It's something that I'm really good at doing, and I like to do it. So John Morant, someone I like to model my game at, model my game after. My bad. So. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a good point, and, and you know, um, you know, talked about you know John Morant, Kyle Lewis, two guys you want to model your game after, right? Like I, I'm honestly like. I'm at a point now where, you know, we, we've, we've gone through your entire basketball career, basically, up until this very point, right? What What's next? What are you trying to do next? What's in the plans? You know, um, I'm sure people want to know kind of what that's looking like for you and what, what's going what's going to come on after this. After prep year you're talking about or just after, like – After prep, after prep, after, after uh, prep year, yeah. After my prep year, um, so I've been talking to my coach about several options, right? Um. There's going to college next year. There's going with COVID, right? It kind of threw a wrench in a lot of things. I didn't realize that players would get another year to their of eligibility at their school. So that closed a lot of D1 opportunities off. Like I heard from a from a D1, and like I realized shortly after that COVID was in effect, and that kind of went to nothing because of that. Um, a lot of D2s kind of doing the same thing, but I still heard from some D2s. So now kind of leaving with just the D2s that I already have, some that I kind of, some that I uh, gained, I guess, playing from Oak Hill, and um, uh, the D3s. So my coach and I have been talking a lot about it, and he was like, there's opportunities for you that could present itself overseas for next year as well. So we've been thinking about that as well in college. So it's really up in the air what I'm going to do. I'm hoping for the best, though, you know, just trying to, find the right opportunity, right place to go. You've had a lot of interesting things in that answer, I'm sure. And I, I think Tone has a burning question, too. Um, I'm going to run it back, yeah. though. I want to rewind. I want to rewind. Um, 30 points against Oak Hill, uh, national powerhouse. Mm. Run us through yeah. what it was like playing against them, because that's not something everyone says that everyone gets to say they did. So what was that, and how? what kind of zone were you in that kind of game? Right. In that game. Like, like I said earlier, you know, when you just have music playing in your head, <laughs> you just in that zone. But to start the game, I didn't even start, right? I was a starter. I was team captain and whatnot, and I didn't even start. I was in a shooting slump, like I said. And the game before, I didn't play too well. So my coach was like, all right, you come out the bench. Oak Hill comes around. We get there, warming up. Game starts. Uh, they get up 19-4 early, early. Their press was crazy. They were just dunking. I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. My coach called me into the game, so my, I go in with the mindset to thinking I got to help my team, you know, get out of the slump, whatever's going on, whether they're nervous, whatever is the, the jitters, it's, and, you know, they're not fully focused right now. So, you know, we're going to go in there and we're going to just going to eat. I get in there, first thing I do, I get right to the basket. Later, 6'8 guy, 6'9, I don't know how tall he was to be honest, but I don't really care. Like, I'm, if I know I'm having an advantage, I go into the basket, come faster than somebody, I'm going to take it. So I did that the first, like, three times on the court. 
And then I hear the coach say, is someone going to stop him from going to the basket? And I kind of look at the coach. I'm just like, I shake my head. No, like, no, <laughs> they're not. Because that, that is the one thing I know I am very capable of doing, right? So I'm going to keep doing it. I do the next play and I dish out to one of our sharpshooters, Julio, knocks down a three. And then they're like, ah, right, he's going to drive and kick. Nah, next time I go around, I get a rebound because uh, someone shot a three, missed it, get a rebound, put back two. They call timeout. But then as the game keeps going, they were just applying a lot of pressure. You know, they just kept on they, – they were going crazy. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was – they were just dunking in ways I haven't seen in person. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was I was like, damn, we got to keep going, though. We can't, you know, back down because they're dunking a little bit. So, kept going. At the end of the game, I ended up with 30 points, though. Had a few dunks myself, but he still lost. So, it didn't really mean that much to me. I didn't even notice I had 30 until – I was I saw it on Twitter. I was like, I don't even know I had 30, but I was playing basketball. Yeah. So you have this game, huge game to have against Oak Hill. Um you mentioned rewinding going back there, you mentioned overseas as an option. Yeah. How real is that option for you in your head? Like overseas, like is one thing that you're in Virginia, you're still in the same country you feel me yeah right another country with possibly being on your own and not having family to be with you is that something that you think you'll actually be prepared for if that opportunity resents itself Uh, I have no way to to prepare myself for that (laughs) to go overseas you know like honestly going to Virginia was just that that in its own was a lot but like you know I'm I'm well off by myself. Like I, I make the right decisions. I'm not gonna make any dumb decisions out here. I just, I know what I'm going there for: basketball, going back to my room, eating, homework, sleep. That's it. It's working out, eating, and sleeping. I'm not, I'm not doing any partying, seeing anybody. Like that's not what I'm there to do. I'm there for business. I'm there for my dream. So overseas is kind of be the same concept. It's just I'm literally just out of the country, and you know opportunity presents itself I'd take it and same thing and I just know I'm gonna see my parents and my family when I get back home same thing just gotta play basketball and just remember what I'm there for that's all that's what's it's gonna keep me going so you you sound very focused you sound like you got a good head in your shoulders obviously I know that but from the way that you answer from the way that you respond it's a mature answer um how do you stay level-headed and humble in times like this where you have an opportunity to go overseas to make your dream come true and eventually come back here and probably play professional. You got Steph Curry tweeting you out. How do you stay level-headed with all of this going on? You know in our generation, what, Steph Curry tweeted you? Oh, nah, y'all can't (laughs) tell me nothing. How do you stay humble and level-headed? Oh, just knowing that I'm hungry for more and my job is just not finished. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't done, I, I like to say, I haven't really done that much yet to my liking. I know I've done, I've done something. I've done more than what my brothers were able to do with basketball just because of this God blessing me and this, this situation presenting itself, you know, but for what I want to do, my job is not near finished. So I know that I'm not even halfway to where I want to go. 
and I still have so much more to go. So I can't stop here and be like, yeah, you guys can't tell me nothing. If I think like that, the people that are, everybody's just going to keep progressing. Everybody's progressing every single day. I got to keep progressing more and more each day. And I got to get to my goals. My goal, until I achieve my goals, I can't say anything. I can't. That's not how I work. Nah. You know? Gotta stay coachable. Gotta stay coachable. That's that's definitely a major key. Um, hey, Greg, do you have anything else that you might want to ask before we transition into with the quickness segment? Yeah, I mean, yeah, one last question. Um, you know, what what parts of your game do you want to work on um, going into, you know, going into, you know, the next step, next phase, whether it's playing profession- professionally or going to college? What do you think you have to get better at to make yourself the best possible player you can be? Shooting all around. We, you know, we talk about this all the time, Greg. Just shooting all around. Because it's not even that I can't shoot. It's just that I've gotten athletic to a point where I just relied solely on my athleticism. I got away from shooting. When I first started playing basketball, shooting was what I did because I didn't have athleticism, right? So once I got it, it was just like, wow, okay, I'm about to just use this because it's the easiest way to get a bucket. But, you know, you see – now you start to see trees in the paint. Uh, people's defense – their defense is kind of catered to what how you play. So now you got to figure out different ways to score. If you can score on all three levels, that's just going to make you unguardable and just the best player that you can be. So that's what I'm trying to do. Shooting, 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 shooting. This might be a podcast that we might have to title it shooting. Every episode that we have any guest that plays basketball – keeps mentioning how important shooting is for our listeners and our followers if you ain't catching by now shooting is needed so working your jumpers is is, is needed and you said something that was key you said before I got the athleticism I was a shooter because I didn't have it and we see a lot of times I just say in the urban communities we are typically athletic as all can be. We can jump out the gym, but a lot of us can't shoot. So kudos to you for realizing, hey, I need to make sure I'm shooting with athleticism because then now yeah. you deadly. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's it. And, you know, we actually just came back from a D-Lamb workout. We went to in the, went to the gym with him. That's where I was at, actually, this afternoon. Me and him were there watching him run a lot of his uh, drills. And guess what? They took a lot of shots. They worked on um, certain just situations and how to use certain moves. But it was all predicated on the jump shot. It all ended with the jump shot. So that's a guy I think we should get with in the summer. We talked about this. Um, yeah. You know, we t- we, t- we talked to D-Lamb about that too, and we're gonna definitely try to do that, and make that happen. But yeah, man, shooting shooting is everything. So I- I'm excited to see who you can take it next. Nah, most sure. definitely. Well, you know, we'll be looking out. Um, this is your home podcast. If you ever want to get something off your chest, if you ever want to make an announcement that you decide to go to Australia, this is the place that you can come on. I'll hold and you to that. It. Yeah, you, I'm, I definitely, I think, regular on the same page, we see a, uh, a very long career in your future. So if you ever, ever, we plan to be around long, too. So if you ever want to hop on, you know, say something, 
ref done made you mad, coach is not playing you, you need to get something off your chest. This is the podcast for it. <laughs> we are for the players. We are for the people. Nah, for sure. <laughs> I'll definitely come on. Why not? It's fun. Yes, sir. Well, transition into with the quick next segment. We're going to ask you some quick fire, rapid fire questions. Um, you already mentioned that you are team hot take. So just say whatever you feel. If it's a hot take, it's a hot take. Just trust and believe we will post it as a clip and we will see if everybody else agrees. Greg knows how I get down. If it's a hot take, it's going to get posted before anything else. Just letting you know. Uh, <laughs> say that. You mentioned a lot. That when you're playing, when you're in this groove, you're in this rhythm, it's like music in your head. Who's in your musical rotation? Hmm. Damn. Uh, uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So a little bit of Drake. You got some Don Tolver in there a little bit. You got Gunner, little baby. You got, you know, uh, Travis when he drops something new, but uh, still some of the old Travis go crazy. Uh, Tucker every now and then, even Chris Brown, like you know, I don't know if I even said that already, but yeah, he go crazy. Young Thug, so you, yeah, Young Thug. There okay. we go. There we go. There uh, we go. I don't disagree with that list. So would you say you're more in your rotation? Typically, uh, a Ruben Day is more rap or R and B. R and B. I'm more R and B. I'm more R and B. Yes, yeah. sir. I'm with, I'm, <laughs> I'm with that. Tell yeah. me this, just, just completely sidebar. I've been in a couple open runs during the pandemic. They all playing rap music. Can mm-hmm. you ball with some Mary Jane oh. in the background? Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Bro, I could ball to some Christmas carols in the background. I could really ball to like anything that I like. doesn't matter if it's sad, if it's groovy. It doesn't matter. I can ball to it. If I like it, I ball to it. And I'll I play the how aux. the song is going. Exactly. Uh-huh. I got the ox i played a little bit you know snow allegra they were, Yo, what's this i ain't got no problem i got my buckets but they were like nah i need to <laughs> listen to like gonna i'm like bro y'all not real ballers you can't, you can't hey bro <laughs> but wait, you but, feel wait, me wait. greg they can't yeah <laughs> if the crowd going That's crazy that. and they sing it you know like come on ask him ask him i'll play mary j all the time in the car i play i play maxwell all that you know, that's, you know, I want the same time. Me and him have the same music taste, to be honest. Like, it's no different. A lot of the artists he said, I listen to. So, Don Tolliver, I love Don Tolliver. Roddy Rich, he didn't mention Roddy Rich. Oh, uh, yeah, Roddy I forgot Rich. about her. Um, oh, man. But uh, R&B, you got you to gotta blend it. I listen to everything. He knows that. You hear you you can hear anything on my playlist. You don't know. You just don't know what you're going to get. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I've, been, I've been to a couple of progress first trainings. I ain't tell y'all, but a couple songs y'all play. Oh, all right, what's this song? <laughs> Looking over at the phone, like, oh, why? Let me let me add this one right here. Add this one. My my wife, like, yo, where you heard this from? Oh, that's a couple years back, man. This this PSC <laughs> playlist, you know, you know, sound like you know, swagger jack oh, added it to man. the playlist. Well, you know, you know, it's it's funny you're bringing up all the PSC memories because I I was thinking hard today too. Like this this summer, like we're, we're gonna make a push again with that, like. Obviously, with him having a big summer, you know, a lot of what I did was predicated around him. But obviously, you too, Tone, because you were, you know, working hard and trying to get, you know, make a G League push. And, I, you know, you still have those aspirations. But, you know, we're trying to make a big – I'm trying to make a comeback this summer and really, really push it and work hard. So I'll be there. After COVID's over, you know, there's all the listeners. I know there's guys who I was working with. So, 
Man, don't even uh, gotta be at the Cobras over. It could be right. outdoor sessions, bro. Yeah, spring, spring outdoor sessions for sure. When spring comes around, nice weather, weather turns around, yeah. we'll be out there. So, just a heads up. I definitely, I'll be, I'll be there, ready to put in the work. Um, yeah, I, so we yeah. mentioned we just had it, rap R and B. Who is your top five musical artist? Your top Chris five. Brown, Chris Brown up in the north. Chris Brown one. You got Drake two, Young Thug three. All right, now this is where it get difficult, bro. Cause I don't care who you put at the four and five. Those are really my. That's my big three. That's D Wade, Bron, and Bosh. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I put Roddy at the four. Hot take. Um, who at the five, man? Damn. Gun at the five. Gun at the over five. little baby. Over little baby too. I just like the way gonna. That's a gothic people right there. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to post this one for sure. That that. (laughs) Everybody agree with that first. You can't can't disagree with that. That's a real last two. (laughs) That's a real bro. Oh, no! Because check it. Listen, this is me personally. Mm. Little baby has songs where he just sounds. It kind of sounds the same. Gunner does too. I'm not gonna lie to you, but the way Gunner sounds, yo, he's angelic, bro. He's yo, he really just like yo. His voice is mad angelic. Like it be sliding on every track. You heard Lemonade for the first time, and you like, and when he gets on the track, you like, oh, oh, like he's not. No, that's true. People, people forget how Max he really is. Like he's Max. Got it. All right, so. Top player in the NBA right now. Top player? Mm-hmm. KD. KD, okay. I hate you. It's <laughs> 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 so, oh, so annoying, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Who wins rookie of the year this year? This year, who's a rookie? Uh, my mess around be LaMelo Ball. I think I think it could be him. I I forget all rookies. Oh, but I think it's come. So Anthony Edwards had 16 points in 18 minutes tonight so far. Last I checked, there's got an alert. Lamelo Ball played 15 minutes only and had 13 points in those 15 minutes. Very effective tonight. He was very okay. effective, but he's not playing a lot. So that could throw a wrench in the plans. So we'll see. Just wanted to give you that not, insight. That's not gonna throw a wrench in the plan in the plans because. LaMelo's game is more well-rounded than Anthony Edwards. And that's why, to me, he's better than Anthony Edwards. That might be a hot take for some people, but, bro, if you watch basketball, the player that does more and has more of an impact on the game is just better. <laughs> to me. So how's LeBron, how LeBron the best player Listen, in the NBA? I'm just, I'm just not a LeBron. I'm not a LeBron guy, so it's got to be KD for me right now. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron, the best player in the NBA, sure. But KD, I just like watching him more. So I'm going to say he's the best player in the NBA. I just say, all right. All right. But back to what I was saying about LaMelo, he rebound the ball. He, yo, he has all the intangibles, bro. Come on. His potential through the roof. He he rebound the ball. He scores. He gets floaters. He can shoot threes. Uh, he gets to the basket. I don't know how good of a finisher he is, but he still finishes around the basket really well. Like, for a rookie, too, he's only going to get better. And he can pass the ball, passing. And you love a nice pass. Come on. Anthony Edwards, I just don't – I think he's just a bucket. And you know he has potential, a lot of it, but he just that's a bucket. I don't know what more he gets from that. I don't see him becoming a playmaker at all. 
yeah, with that team how that set up, I don't. That's D Lo job right there. He just, I don't. Yeah. Think you just they, honestly, that's probably just and Minnesota that'll be his role because you got D Lo there, you got Cat, you got Nas Reed coming off the bench. Yeah. You're not you're not the playmaker. Shout out to Nas Reed's jersey, right there. Mm-hmm. Star star bench cut. D Lo, John Morant, and. Um, what's his name? I hide down. John Morant, D'Lo, and put Chris Paul in that mix. Oh, <laughs> damn! All right, start jaw, then CP3 cut D'Lo. Okay, I, I don't think I don't think nobody could argue <laughs> with that one. No, bro, D-Lo, nice. D-Lo, D-Lo's crazy. I was gonna, I was gonna cut Chris Paul, but out of respect. No, nah, you can't cut Chris I can't, Paul. I can't, I can't cut Chris Paul, bro. Out of respect, I can't do that. John's the, John's the youngest on the total pool. I would have probably cut him, but it would have been really hard. But he, you know, Ruben, Ruben's John Moran Jr., so I guess it makes sense if you pick that. I, yo, that's why I threw Jai in there. I had to throw Jai in there. <laughs> yo, Tone, give him this one. This, this is the one that fits right into our debate. Star bench cut, Dame, Kyrie, Steph Curry. Oh. Oh, okay. I see. See now, like, if we talking about like Steph Curry just came back from an injury, right? But if we talking about like, ah, damn. Oh my god. Their their career, their career encompassed everything they've done, even up to this point. Oh, even up to this point. Fair. All right. Do starting Steph, you're benching Dame and cutting Kai. Kai is great. Kai is great. But that's that's my list. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, no, you opened up Pandora's box and you said count their whole career because Kyrie's been hurt. And so I I tell I just told you this, Ruben. I said people don't give Kyrie the credit that's due for him because they haven't uh, seen him enough due to injury, right? Outside of those Cleveland years with LeBron. But when people get to see him, like on this day, on this stage with KD, it's all set up. At the end of the season, Kyrie's gonna be considered the best point guard in basketball. At the end of the season, I don't think it's even. I don't. I think it's going to be a surefire thing. He stays healthy. People will not have a have a doubt. He's the best. He'll be the best PG in basketball. Honestly, I I hope I hope so. I want to see the Nets win a chip this year. And if he's the best point guard in basketball, that's tough. That would be tough. I hope people give him the recognition. He deserves it. But for me, like Steph, he was two time MVP, unanimous one of one of the years. Yeah. Damn, the impact is crazy. And Dame just be pulling that. He'd be pulling that hoe from half. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, bro. I don't know. He's he's crazy, too. All right. Last star bench cut, right? NBA duos. So I want you to star bench cut these NBA duos off of okay. your, who you think are the best. How you want to do it. Kyrie KD. Mm. Shaq Kobe. Damn. Westbrook, KD. Oh, that's fair. That's easy money. That's, you start. You're starting. You're starting Kobe and Shaq, and then you're gonna bench Kyrie and KD, and you're gonna cut Russ and KD. Okay. Who, I think y'all agree on that one. Who's the most skilled duo of the three? Out of uh, who are who are Kyrie, the most skilled? Kyrie, KD. Kyrie, KD. His hand. His hands. Damn. I don't think it's close, bro. There's no close oh. second. <laughs> Of those three, it's hands down because Katie's way more skilled than Shaq. So honestly, of that duo, is it? 
yo, there's no one in sight. Who, <laughs> yo, we gotta go through duos. There's no one in sight. They're the most skilled duo of all time. I said that. KD and Kyrie, most skilled duo of all time. Not a hot take. Sam you know what you're talking about. Got two. Got two more before we get you out of here. Who wins the NBA championship this year? The Nuts. I want to okay. see it happen. I got to speak it into existence. He said, "Okay." You know. <laughs> He's a big Lakers fan. Oh man, big Lakers, <laughs> Lakers Nets okay. finals. That's fair. I can dig it. I, I see. I rock with the Nets until they left. That that was my my thing. I like when they was in Newark. Y'all took them out of Newark and then brought them. To, that was my thing. That, that hurt my heart. I've always been a Lakers fan, but I always rooted for the Nets just because it's man. Jersey home. They yeah, the only. Right. They was a, they was the only local team I actually rooted for. Greg noticed yeah. Giants. Y'all can forget it. Yes, y'all can forget it. I ain't rocking with y'all just because I don't like how y- y'all play in Jersey. But when y'all sell it, when y'all win, y'all celebrate in New York. I, I don't, <laughs> That's I don't appreciate that. Yeah. You're not wrong. That's I don't fact. live in that area, but they got to pay taxes for that. They, they, all of that. The parking is bad. The traffic on Sundays, and y'all go celebrate in New York. Oh nah, y'all drunk. We got. <laughs> I got problems with that. You're not wrong. Last one, top five, not even top five. Give me your five people, better alive, that you would have a meal with. A meal with? Yeah. Who's at oh, your okay. table, dead or alive? LeBron, uh, Kobe, Michael Jackson. Uh, F3, Michael Jackson. Um, Chris Brown. And KD. That's a legend's table. That's a legend. That is a legend. Right you got Reese on K there. It was already a legend table before it even started. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> oh man. Play with you. Real quick. Real quick before we get out of here. You mentioned um Mike and you mentioned Chris Brown. I've said this, some people don't agree. Is Chris Brown the baby Mike? The closest thing to Mike. Yes. In terms of just being, he is somebody that he's so talented, bro. He's able to sing the way he can sing, right? Not even that he's just a good singer, but have you seen him perform though? His performance, bro. Like he'd be wild on the stage, bro. He his dancing skills are second to none right now. Nobody's better than him. Except for maybe Keita the Great. I don't know if you know what that is. Some young bull, but he can dance. Tag nah, at, at Kid is a great man. Yeah, bro. But um, Chris Brown, he really got it because he could sing and dance. Like, he max. Hey, Breezy, showing you mad love on this episode. So when we tag you in Facts. this, you can hop on the Bitch Mob podcast, bro. We know you play ball. We know you from VA. He down in VA with you. Like, hop on the Bench Mob podcast. Mm, so some love. But thank you, Rube, for hopping on today. Well, tonight. Hopping on tonight with us. Um, shout out to you, Greg. Another late night show. Benchmark, we out here. All type of hours, 24-7. We doing the work. Um, make sure you share, subscribe, tag. Tag a friend. Share it with your baby moms, your uncle, your baby father, your twice-removed cousin, your uncle that you don't talk to anymore. Share it with them. Because if y'all don't talk, the Benchmark, what we do is bring people together. We just had a conversation on basketball, food, Michael Jackson. Who don't love Michael Jackson? That'll bring them together. So definitely watch it with somebody. 
We're on all streaming platforms and on YouTube. Check us out. Hit us up if you want any merch. Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Peace. All right.